Hello, everybody. My name is Kelsey Lowe, and you are listening to Joyfully You Podcast. Today, we have a special guest. Her name is Natalie, also known as Coach Nat, and she is a powerhouse, you guys. She is also a coach that I actually met at a live event in San Diego last year. So I'm really excited to bring her on, and let's get started. here right now and I have Coach Nat and I'm just so excited to have you here and Coach Nat is going to be talking about someone for story and we're going to be covering speaking our truth and we're going to be talking about how to use our tough situations in life that we experience to really help us grow and expand and for you guys know I like talking about stepping into the inner queen. Nat loves talking about stepping and finding your goddess within and so Nat thank you for joining us. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. I'm already getting all the feels, like, <laughs> I got, like, and I can't move too much because my tummy's still sore, but I've, like, got all the feels. You know, you get, like, I don't know, I call them magician hands, where I start just waving my hands around in the air because I'm just excited about everything that's happening. All it's all just, like, things. moving through you. Exactly, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, I think also being a feminine being, I think just movement brings me alive and such a different way it helps me feel creative and connected and so when I start knitting the feels I start like moving my shoulders and <laughs> wave my hands around and it feels really good so I'm so excited to be here I'm so yeah. so excited and so you just mentioned too that, that you know your tummy's still healing like can you share a little bit of what happened a month ago so right now it's March 2019 yeah well actually it was officially two weeks ago where I woke up first thing in the morning And, um, I just felt a little off. Like I was feeling some pain in my abdomen and I'm actually a med school dropout, dropped out of med school about almost a year ago. And I know a lot of medical things that I wish that I did not know. Like things (laughs) go through my head all the time of like, I have a certain symptom or I have something crosses my mind, like just really crazy bonkers, super rare things that I know that I wish that I didn't. So part of me was like, oh, abdomen pain, not a big deal, Nat. Maybe you're just, I don't know, you have to poop or something. (laughs) And so as the hours kind of pass, it got worse and worse and worse. And then I think from that place, it wasn't just med school paranoid Nat. It was actually like, oh my gosh, something's really, really off here. And so I went to the emergency room right away. It was the first time I've ever been to the emergency room and it was just I just I didn't think it was that big of a deal when I got there I really didn't I walked in I was clearly in pain but from the second that I walked in I felt so much compassion and care I had all these previous perceived notions of like what is an emergency room like people you just get shuttled into a waiting room and you're there for hours and people die in the emergency room because they don't get enough care but I don't know, whatever preconceived notions I have, but I walked in, I was instantly seen, instantly heard, instantly just showered with compassion and care. And I was like, oh my gosh, wow, how amazing. So the whole time that I was there, I was there for a couple hours and um, all my blood work came back normal, all my urine work came back normal. And then towards the end of the, of like my time there, I mean, it was nighttime, I got there around one and I it was around seven, the most amazing, amazing physician assistant. Her name was Stephanie. I'm going to actually go back and visit her in a couple of weeks just to give her a hug. 
and I'm huge with like snail mail writing letters. So I'm going to write her. Oh, cute. She was amazing. Um, but she came up to me and she said they took, did a cat scan where they do little slices of scans to see what's going on in my abdomen. Cause nothing else was going on. And I was there by myself. I didn't call friends or roommates or anything. Cause I'm like, it's not a big deal. Nobody has to come and be here. Like I'm fine by myself. I'm independent. <laughs> I'm independent. I don't need no help. Like I don't need people to leave work and to go out of their way to just sit here with me. Like it's fine. I mean, I called my family and I told them like, yo mom, I'm in the emergency room, but don't worry. It's all going to be okay. And so Stephanie comes with like my CT scan results and she's, she's like, so, um, we found an 11 centimeter mass on your uterus and 11 centimeters is the size of a large grapefruit. Like it's wow big. And for me, again, because I know so much medical knowledge, when she said that, I just, I just received it very neutrally, completely neutral. And I was just like, uh, okay. Wow. All right. And she's like, do you have an OB? Do you have a family dog? I was like, actually, I just moved here a couple months ago. Haven't done any of that yet. Um, last time I had my checkup was a year ago. Cause I, I was healthy. I always had checkups and stuff, but apparently this had grown to the point where, I mean, I had severe pain, but it was also something that was super unexpected and something that like, I don't think could have been caught. Like, it just grew so fast, which was also kind of a concerning thing. So they're like, yeah, it looks like it's a, a fibroid, which are usually benign growths of your uterus. Um, but she's like, because you're so young and because it's so big, it's a little concerning. So I was like instantly, and she started asking me questions like, so do you want to have children? So do you have like a history of like uterine cancer in your family? And then that's when things started hitting me and I started like thinking of like, Oh my God, this is actually a pretty big deal. Um, and so she discharged me. This really sweet nurse named Cindy came in and she's like, hi, sweetie, how you doing? I'm like positive Nat over here. I'm like, I'm doing good. Like, I mean, it could be better, but <laughs> going to do the best that I can, Cindy. Like I have no choice. I'm a really positive person, but it didn't, it was slowly starting to sink in, but it didn't really, really sink in. And so then Cindy was like, then she leaned in and she put her hand on my arm. I will never forget this. Cindy's another person that I'm going to write a card to and say thank you to. And she said, no, honey, how are you? And that's when it just like, oh, right oh. in my heart. And that's when I started crying. And I was like, well, it is a little scary. It's super unexpected. Like, I'm not really sure what to think. I don't think I'm going to die. I don't think it's really bad, but still it's, it's a really scary. And she's like, Oh honey, I know she's like TMI, but I had to get my uterus removed and it's a little challenging, but you're young and you're going to heal so quickly and it's going to be fine. And maybe you won't even have to get a hysterectomy. Maybe it's all just going to be fine. And she was just so sweet and sent me, she actually went and stole scrubs from the surgery department because I was wearing this, I was wearing my jammies. I went to the ER in my jammies. So I was wearing my jammies all day and I just had cords and stickers and there was like blood on my shirt from the IV. Like I was just a mess. And so she's like sending me home and she's like, let's get you a change of clothes. They didn't have any like take home clothes left to give me. And so she's like, I have an idea. 
She came back five minutes later with the surgery scrubs. And like <laughs> me being a past med student, I know that those are not for patients. So the fact that she literally nabbed them from the surgery department to put help me put them on and so I could go home and something clean. Like it was just so sweet. And she was just amazing. And so then I went home and like for the next couple of days, I just really, really sat in the feelings of what the heck is going on. And it really felt like shit hit the fan. It really felt like it was the biggest thing that has ever happened to me in my life. And I'm not going to lie. Positive Nat was not so positive for like a whole day. I just stayed in bed and I slept. I was exhausted from, from the emergency room. I was exhausted with the news. I was exhausted with trying to figure out what next steps were. Um, I was exhausted with thinking like, if this is really bad, they're going to take out my uterus and I'm never going to be able to bear children. I've wanted to be a mom for my entire life. Like when people say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'd be like a mom. And then I want to be for the longest time when I was a teen, I was super into like fantasy reading books. I'm like, I want to be a dragon rider. I want to save the world. But my number one answer was always mom. And then it was dragon rider. And then at one point it was doctor. And then at another point it was speaker and coach, but it's always a mom. So like really sitting with that and being like, wow, never thought that I would have to really sit with that decision and sit with that. Yeah that possibility at such a young age. And so sitting with that, sitting with the possibility that because it was so big, because I'm so young, it may be cancer. Um, Sitting with the possibility of I've never had major surgery. So I'm like, there's a bajillion things that could go wrong in a surgery, like blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Because really, I let my mind go there. The place that I never say that I go, I let my mind go there for a little bit. And not saying that I that you shouldn't, I actually think that our minds should go to the, the bad things for a split hot second, because there's power in contrast. And there's also power in decision. So then I woke up, I still had like the little stickers on like the LED stickers for heart rate monitor the next morning, I was still I literally went home and I hopped in bed the next morning, I woke up and I was just like, I don't know, remember, like, yeah, (laughs) I just had those stickers on me, I was just really just feeling everything. And I woke up and I remember looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, okay, Matt, you have a choice here. You have a choice to have another day like yesterday where you're just kind of crying and really sad and feeling all the things, or you can have a day where you make a decision. You make a decision that no matter what, this is going to be the biggest stepping stone of your life so far. You're going to make a decision that this is going to be the most challenging thing that you've undergone thus far but also the thing that makes you stronger you have a decision to make that this is not happening to you but this is happening for you you have a decision to really put your mind heart and soul behind your healing no matter what degree of healing you need to make we know that there's going to be healing that's going to happen that's not that's it's not an option like I knew intuitively that I wasn't going to die but no matter what extent or spectrum of healing had to be done I could either make it harder, I could make it easier and quicker. So I made the decision. And I started speaking life into my healing, I started speaking life into my doctor's visits, I started speaking life into my surgery, and things don't really happen very quickly in the medical field. Um, Just seeing a specialist, number one, like an OB, or a gynecologist, oncologist, somebody who specializes in female health and cancer, like getting to see somebody like that can take weeks or months. 
I was able to see him within three days just because I set the intention that is going to be easy and I was going to get to see him ASAP and I was going to do anything and everything possible to see him. Went and saw him, instantly got safe vibes from him, instantly felt like so supported and so seen and so heard by him. And then when it came down to, okay, we're getting surgery, we need to take this thing out ASAP because it's blocking your kidney and your right kidney is starting to freak out and we don't want him to start freaking out. So there was this conversation of, okay, we need to get you into surgery, but it usually takes a couple weeks to get you booked into the OR. So um, we're not sure that that's going to happen, but we're going to do the best that we can. I'm like, okay, here's another decision that's made. This is going to be super quick. The surgery is going to be within this next week. Like, a spot's going to somehow magically divinely open up and I'm going to get surgery. Literally, as I was pulling out of the doctor's office, I got a call from the, from the schedulers of the surgery in, at the hospital being like, hey, so we had unexpectedly somebody <laughs> that we couldn't get a hold of on Tuesday. This was Friday. This coming Tuesday, we know it's short notice, but do you want to book your surgery for Tuesday? And I'm like... Yes! Yes! <laughs> awesome! Yes! yes. So, got the surgery on Tuesday, made a decision that I was going to be in the hospital as little as I could. Like, as soon as I woke up from surgery, I'm like, all right, doc, how can I get out of here in one day? Because normally, three to four days is after a procedure like this, how is what they usually expect for somebody who undergoes this procedure? I'm like, all right, doc, I want to get out here in one day tell me what I need to do. And everybody's like, eh, you got to do, go on a couple walks. You got to pass gas. You have to do your breathing exercises. You have to be able to eat food. We have to make sure that your blood work is good. We have to make sure that your blood pressure gets up a little bit because it's a little low. We got to make sure that you don't have to, we don't, you don't need crazy meds like morphine and Dilaudid. Mm -hmm. Like that's was, that was kind of the stuff that I was on just because I have a seven inch incision in my, like it's a big surgery because they couldn't go in robot wise with laparoscopic just because again, it was the size of a large grapefruit. So wow. I had this big incision and I'm like, I want to get out here in one day. They're like, you got to do all these things. Three hours after my surgery, I got up and I started walking. It was challenging. It was really hard, but I continued breathing and I continued making the decision that I am going to get out here soon, that healing is going to be quick, that I'm going to blow everybody's socks off in this unit with my healing. Mm -hmm. um, so within decision. like weeks, you went from like, because active uh, activity and working out and fitness and health is like a huge part of your life. Mm -hmm. So finding out that you have a, 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 a cyst and a bulge, but then having to like barely being able to walk. Yeah. That Whoa. Was hard. Yeah, yeah. In a matter of no, it was a week. It was a week from I found out about the thing with the extreme abdominal pain. And the following Tuesday, I had surgery and I couldn't walk without assistance. And I could only go like, I don't know how much, 20 feet. And then I would be exhausted, exhausted, wow. exhausted. Well, even now, a week after the surgery, I go up and down the stairs and I'm like, I need to take a nap. It's just really very incredibly humbling for somebody who lifts weights at least four days a week, like balls to the walls, really heavy. I love it. I feel so strong. I feel like a superhero goddess when I lift weights. Like it makes me feel so strong, not just physically, but also like mentally, emotionally. I'm just like, I can do anything. And then also salsa dancing 
two or three times a week. And I literally dance nonstop for like four hours. I'm drenched in sweat. I'm sweating like a baboon. Like I sweat so <laughs> much when I salsa dance, but it also brings me so much life. So my body loves movement. And then now in a matter of a week, I can't move and I can't do the things that mm. bring me like life. I mean, at the start of this, we talked about movement and how life-giving it is to, yeah. to just move my body and stuff. So I, um, yeah, that was really tough to not be able to move, but then using, creating a new, giving myself a new opportunity to still celebrate myself, to still honor myself, be like, okay, well, this is the current season that I'm in where I'm going to celebrate walking up and down the hallway um, and actually give myself yeah. credit for it. Or am I going to beat myself up about it and say, oh my God, I can only walk up and down the hallway. I was salsa dancing three nights ago for mm. hours nonstop. What a huge shift, right? Mm. Like it's something so slight and so different, yeah. but one is empowering, one is disempowering. Yeah, did absolutely. You, did your mind ever want to go to like, oh, poor me, like, why is this happening to me? Like I'm healthy. Like, you know, like you are, you're very healthy. Did your mind ever want to go to a place of kind of like pitying yourself? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I think that that's part of our human experience. And I think there's so many people in the online space that I don't want to say they make it seem unrealistically easy, but they're not giving acknowledgement to the parts of ourselves that are actually human giving acknowledgement to the parts of ourselves that actually feel pain, actually feel fear, actually experience doubt, actually experience like wanting to pity ourselves or think that things are happening to us. Every single time we have that super that act, that human experience, I really think it's, it's part of our human experience. That's, a, that's the thing that keeps coming to mind um, to me about that. Every time we let our minds go there, our mind hangs out there it's a beautiful opportunity to again, make a decision on, am I going to live in these thoughts or am I going to keep driving through the neighborhood? Like, am yeah. I going to pitch a tent, build a house in the neighborhood of doubt, fear, pity? Oh, why me? Why is this happening to me? Or am I going to keep driving through it? But at the same time, we won't, we don't want to drive around it. We still want to acknowledge it because it is an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity for shift. It's an mm -hmm. opportunity for expansion. It's an opportunity to step into our truth because we thrive in that place of knowing that anything is possible, knowing that we can experience miracles, knowing that we can heal at crazy intense rates, like knowing that we are these unstoppable human beings. We all have these visions. We all have these moments. We all have these, these dreams of doing crazy, bonkers, unrealistic things. And we feel chills. We feel euphoria when we think about it. We feel like on top of the world. And that's, I truly believe, where we're meant to be. Because from that space, we create. From that space, we, we connect. From that space, we are able to really operate in the way that we were meant to from the moment that we were conceived. Probably even before that, we can get all super woo-woo about that. But that's where we're ultimately meant to operate from, whether it's from our business or whether it's from a life-shaking health scare. We have an mm -hmm. opportunity to live in our truth and step into that. And I know that my truth has always been choosing an energetic state that feels best to me, choosing an energetic state that is going to lift me up, choosing an energetic state that is going to serve me in my healing, serve me in my expansion. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's as simple as like, okay, am I going to choose this piece of food or this piece of food? What's the decision here? What's going to be the life changing or what's going to be the life giving decision? What's going to be the decision that's in line with my truth? The same thing 
is with decisions in how am I going to view my healing? Is it going to be something that's really, really tough? And I feel like I need to experience the, oh, poor me. Oh, this really sucks. Oh, I'm kind of scared. Oh, this is really, really hard. Why is this happening to me? In order to have the opportunity to make the decision. Because that's where the power lies in making the decision and in choosing to step into, okay, this is really hard, but I'm freaking that. Like, I'm goddess that. Like, I can do anything. I mm-hmm. really can. Like, I'm going to blow everybody's socks off. I'm going to really just exceed all expectations and exceed my expectations as well. And that feels so good. That mm-hmm. feels so in line with who I truly am that being able to repeatedly choose that makes it easier and easier to choose that makes it mm-hmm. easier and easier to yeah. step into that space. Yeah. Cause it's something that came to mind is for people that maybe are listening that they haven't always stepped into their power with past decisions. Mm-hmm. And so when they're reminded of a new opportunity, it, cause I love how you said it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to be able to step into a higher version of ourself. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that when we have these difficult situations, needing to step up and step into them is because it's preparing us for something we actually asked for later Mm -hmm. down the road. Mm -hmm. And like, we need those skills. But what about, like, but you mentioned you were reminded of all of the amazing things you've done in the past. What Mm -hmm. if someone's listening that doesn't feel very proud of the past? How would you approach still choosing a decision to, to know that everything's happening for us and not to us. Mm-hmm. So with somebody who's not proud of their decisions in the past, I want them to know that it is so okay that you have made decisions in the past that you are not proud of. That is so okay. And releasing judgment from those experiences is a beautiful opportunity to just free yourself and realize that because of those past decisions that you've made, you're not only going to be able to have contrast with the types of decisions that you know your highest and best is going to make, but also you're going to relate to so many people through those past decisions. You're going to relate and be able to support other people who have made those same decisions but now want to move on. You're going to be a beautiful example of somebody who was at a place where they didn't like, but then made a decision to step forward from that. So even if you aren't proud of that, it's okay. It's part of the human experience. We all have been there. And when we are able to release judgment and number one, forgive ourselves for that, because again, every single one of those moments has been an opportunity to move forward, to choose something else. And even though sometimes I haven't made the, the right decision, I, get another chance every single day. Mm -hmm. And this has been another thing that I've just been really reflecting with all of this, all of this health stuff is every single day this week, I've woken up feeling like I have a fresh start. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, thank God I still have my uterus. Thank God the, the mass was actually benign. Thank God that I was able to heal. And I wake up every morning. I'm like, wow, I can walk. Oh my gosh. Wow. I can actually move and go up and down stairs. I'm just so grateful for this fresh start. And I felt it every single morning this past week, but I'm like, why is it that I need this life shaking thing to have this perspective of a fresh start? So for the Mm -hmm. people that feel like they've had 
things happen in the past where they're a little ashamed of them or they haven't made the best decisions, I guess moving forward, realizing that you, you always have a fresh start. Every single second of every single day is an opportunity for a fresh start. And even if you don't take that opportunity for a fresh start right in this moment or the next moment or the next, but what about the following moment? What about yeah. that, the next moment? And maybe sometimes you need a little bit of support to help you really have like step into taking the decisions that you're actually proud of. And that's totally okay. But realizing that as part of our human experience to not make the decisions that are, that we're proud of as part of the process and that we can forgive ourselves from it. And we can start taking every moment as an opportunity for a fresh start. And we don't need shit to hit the fan for it to be a fresh start. I mean, some people, I think that this has absolutely happened for a reason and it's absolutely shaken me in ways that nothing else in my life has ever shaken me before. But I really also believe that I didn't need to have this to happen in order to be shaken, in order to mm. realize I have a fresh start, in order to realize and be grateful for being able to move, being able to dance, being able to work out, being able to go potty by myself without mom helping me, without having to taking for granted, putting on my own socks. Like the other day, <laughs> socks and I was like yes Woo! Okay. the winds the little winds exactly yeah wow absolutely. And it's just so inspiring too the perspective of having such for one making that declaration and calling in the doctor you need calling in the surgery that you needed mm -hmm. like everything happening so quickly I love when we make fast decisions we get quick answers. And like sometimes we make a fast decision and find out it was the wrong decision, but at least it happens quickly so we can then like make a new decision and, and be able to course correct. Sure. And it's like, I think that period of indecision, of waiting, you know, especially even sometimes in the spiritual space where it's like, I need to meditate on it. And that is okay for certain situations. But I feel like when there's a decision that's asking us to step up or even a conversation that's asking us to step up, Mm -hmm. and we sit and dwell and wait, it's because there's fear. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And the fear is, again, such a real part of the human experience. And for the longest time, I used to shy away from that fear. And I used to kind of constrict back to what was comfortable. I used to constrict away from the fear, but also kind of leaning into the fear has caused this past year and a half to really be my most beautiful and life-filled and scary as balls. <laughs> so much fear. So many moments of WTF are you doing that? You have lost your brains. And so much of that, but also so much beautiful self-discovery and so much beautiful um, realizing what I'm meant to actually do and leaning into fear is something that they don't teach you in school evolutionarily, I'm going to get yeah. like all science -y. evolutionarily, when you felt fear, you would, you're supposed to run the other way because fear meant your life is going to be over. There's a wildebeest in the bushes ahead. You should probably <laughs> run. <laughs> is that a saber tooth tiger? <laughs> yeah, it might be. And so our bodies still operate from that space. Like, oh, you want to go like talk to that person that you ran into here in LA, you see peeps all over like, oh my gosh, see that person over there? Like that's the producer that you were actually just talking with your friends about that's doing this project right now. You're feeling fear. Like, are you going to go talk to him? Like, are you going to go introduce yourself? Are you going to go say hi? You're going to run the other way. But 
it's actually a producer that you really admire, not a saber tooth tiger. Like it's somebody <laughs> who you want to build a relationship with or connect with or whatever it is. And so feeling fear and realizing that it is actually such a cherished friend, it can be a cherished friend has been one of the most amazing things that I've learned in this past year and a half with my big move to Cali from my dropping out from med school, um, from me going full-time in my business with no business experience, whatever. I've studied biology and music in undergrad, and now I'm running an online business and coaching people. Like, what? <laughs> what? I love that you said, you said um, cherishing, would you say the fear relationship or? A fear is, can be such a, is a cherished friend. A cherished a friend. friend. Never in my life have I heard that. <laughs> I mean, we but have I a, like that. That's such a yeah. flip of perspective that it's a cherished mm-hmm. friend because I guess, you know, like when people say like F fear or like, you got to beat, you got to overcome, you got to mm. beat it. Like, I don't believe in that because I think that it's mm. always a part of us, yeah. but I love how you position it as being a cherished friend because that mm-hmm. really kind of circles around like with self-love of like, this is still a part of us. Mm-hmm. So we can't have to feel like we have to kill off or like beat or like mm-hmm. through like this fear when that's a part of us because we're saying that yeah. to ourselves too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's a part of us that we can either use as a stepping stone to fuel us in the direction of where we want to be. Usually fear is kind of the guy that's hanging out right in front of the gate to whatever new big thing that you want to step through. And so realizing that instead of trying to beat up fear and kick it in the nuts and try or run away from it, we can actually give fear a hug and be like, (laughs) as we're like shaking, like, I guess I'm going to do this. Like, <laughs> I love you. Thank you for being here. Like, I know that you're here for a reason. And on the other side of you, you have a beautiful gift for me. So here we go. Like, thank you for keeping me safe, but I'm okay now. <laughs> exactly. And that acknowledgement is, can be so freeing. That's, that's one of the biggest things I learned is acknowledging the fear, acknowledging the human experience, acknowledging these things that we're told to kill or run away from yeah. as an emotional response. And instead of running away, instead of trying to kill it, we're embracing it and we're realizing it as part of the process and we're realizing it as mm-hmm. something that we can actually get excited about. And I think that that's, that's literally the foundation of everything that I teach. Like what, how are you going to view this? How are you going to perceive this? What are you going to decide this fear means for you? What are you going to decide this doubt stands? Oh, that part's purpose? huge. Like, what does this mean? Up? Right. Yeah. Like we're in complete control of assigning meaning to things. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like fear is so sneaky mm-hmm. because it can really convince us logical reasons to hold back. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like so sneaky. Oh yeah. So, so sneaky. And then sometimes fear gets really close buddies with our subconscious. And then that just turns into a big old poop storm. And the, the biggest <laughs> thing for me and being able to really contrast between fear and my subconscious or my ego or um, my inner child or whatever part of me is operating during a specific situation, especially as I've stepped more into my truth, my power, my femininity, my highest and best, the goddess version of me, whatever you want to call it, I've been able to listen so much better to myself and what it actually feels like to step into 
what is ultimately meant for me. And so sometimes with um, any type of fear or doubt, if I'm, if I'm feeling it, if it's really like crazy, if it's like a really, it makes me anxious, it makes me angry, it makes me feel just super, super extreme. Usually I know that that's like a past part of me operating from that place. Usually I know that that is either my subconscious or my ego trying to protect me, um, keep me away from things. But then also I think there's power in when we actually feel fear that is protecting us like with truth, like actually truly protecting us from an experience, truly protecting us from an environment, truly protecting us from an individual that still exists. So how do we discern between the two? How do we discern between, okay, I'm scared of stepping into this space because it's meant for me, or I'm scared to step into this space because maybe this isn't actually the space that yeah. I should be stepping into. And There's this, a difference between the two. Yeah. And this really comes down to something you speak on a lot, and that's, mm-hmm. that's intuition. Yeah. Right? This, mm-hmm. That's the deciding factor is if yeah. I were to drop into not only my heart, but go a little farther to that gut, that, mm-hmm. that gut spot. Does yeah. this, and I actually love, I think it's Angie Lee that talks about it. Mm-hmm. And she does, is this feel expansive or does this feel mm. contracting? Yeah. And thinking of it like that. And mm-hmm. that's been really helpful for me. But yeah. the intuition, it's, yeah. I, I think you called it uh, our greatest superpower. And I, yeah. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, really is. And be a feminine being, our intuition is just so incredible. Like we have the power to really truly be guided by our inner selves, by our heart, by our highest and best, by Jesus and by God, I really feel that our intuition is connected to a higher power. And when we operate from that place of tapping into that on a regular basis, we are always supported, we are always taken care of. So how do you contrast fear from your intuition versus fear from your subconscious or your ego or your past self that's trying to keep you safe? So for me, it's when I feel it from a place that isn't in line with my truth, it's very anxious, it's very loud, it's angry, it's, it's extreme, it makes me feel really icky, I feel overwhelmed, I just don't feel like myself. But then when I experience fear or I'm experiencing nudges or guidance um, from an intuitive place, it's always so gentle. It's so, so gentle. Like I got chills just saying that. It's very gentle, it's very kind. I think it's also really important to set aside that time every single day to just tap into that because I think so many times we do receive messages that we just simply don't hear because they are gentle, because they are divinely placed, because they are meant to guide us in the way that we're in the direction that we're meant to go. So for me, really feeling that contrast, and I'll be so honest with you, a couple months ago, I got the most gentle nudge that there was something going on in my abdomen. The most gentle, gentle, gentle nudge. And I just tossed it off as, oh, it's just my crazy med school brain going off doing its thing. But if I really like truly thought about it, when my med school brain's going off, homeboy is crazy. Like it's all over the place. It's fills me with anxiety. It makes me feel crazy. And then I'm like, okay, whatever, I'm gonna shush it. But I, for a split moment, I remember the morning, I remember the feeling of like, hmm, there's something going on down there, Nat. Like, you should maybe go check it out. And I was like, ah, I'm healthy. I'm 27. I salsa dance all the time. I drink my green juice. I drink my celery juice too. Like, I don't drink coffee anymore. Like, I'm healthy. I don't have any like past medical experiences. So I didn't listen to it, but I felt it and I heard it and it was so gentle and it was so kind. So operating from that place of 
knowing that we actually do receive those nudges on a day-to-day basis, on a moment-by-moment basis, we can trust that, we can fine-tune it, we can practice it, we can really create the space to become better at listening to it and ultimately be guided exactly in the way that we are meant to. And nothing else really matters besides that nudge, besides that guidance, because that guidance will never let us down. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I agree so much. It never will let us down. And I, I, I remember having a friend tell me, um, I listened to the voice that I thought was my intuition once and I found out it wasn't. And so she had major trust issues with listening to that inner voice of guidance because she had a hard time trusting what was intuitive guidance and what was like monkey brain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And well, that, that contrast for her, because I have, I've had exact times where I thought it was my intuition as well. And I was let down, but again, using that as an opportunity to continually fine tune and to continually grow and to continually use that of like, okay, I remember what that felt like. And that doesn't feel good. That didn't actually really feel good. I tried to convince myself for two years that that relationship felt good, but that relationship did not feel good. Matt. like, let's be for real. So, (laughs) (laughs) Oh geez. Especially bringing in relationships. Holy moly. I mean, that could be a whole nother, that could be a whole nother episode. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, I mean, what has been the biggest thing that you've learned of going through, like having something that's so earth shattering, like questioning, finding out you might not be able to have kids and then all of a sudden everything's okay and like, okay, holy shit, I need to figure out how to walk again. The whole idea, you mentioning that everything happens for you and not to you, I feel like that's so monumental. Like, is what else, I mean, you mentioned that, but what else like do you feel like you, have you become a new person because of this? hundred percent. I wait, no, JK, not a hundred percent. I think deep down, I've always been this person deep down. I've always been this person that can really make powerful decisions that can set a ripple effect of miracles in my life. Miracles of healing, miracles of gratitude, miracles of impact, miracles on all different levels. So I don't think that this made me a different person. I think that this just made me realize who I'm ultimately am like mm. even more than I was before. I thought that I knew that, but it, it gave me the opportunity to just learn even more and realize and remember all along. This has been a conversation that I had with my coach so many times is that whenever we're not honoring ourselves, whenever we're not making the decisions that we want, whenever we are kind of slacking or not meeting our expectations or showing up in the way that we want. It's just because we forget. It's just because we forget who we truly are. It's just because we forget what we're ultimately meant to do. It's just because we forget what a beautiful gift we are to this world and the different passions and talents and skills that we have to give to the world. We just forget. And so being able to remember on a day-to-day basis is such a beautiful opportunity. It's such a beautiful gift and we can remember every single day. And this whole thing with my health scare has just been the biggest opportunity so far to remember who I truly am and to step even more powerfully into that because of it. Mm. Oh, I love that so much. 
Thank you so much for joining us on Joyfully You Podcast, Natalie. I love being here. You're incredible. All the vibes from everything that you do are just full of sunshine rays, full of positivity, full of potential, full of expansion. It's it's incredible. So thank Thank you you. so much for having me. Thank you. I feel the same about you. And guys, I'm going to post in the show notes um, ways that you can be able to connect with Natalie on Instagram and however else. Is there any other ways people can come hang out with you and stalk you or whatever else? I do quite a few Facebook lives. Um, So Facebook, I'm there all the time. Cool. Um, Yeah, Facebook. All right. Well, guys, in the show links, I'll have a link for you to connect with her on Facebook and on Instagram right below. Amazing. Isn't Natalie freaking awesome? Guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Joyfully You Podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lowe. And if you loved this episode, please rate, review. If you haven't done already, give me those five stars, baby. And also too, I'm always hanging out on Instagram. So feel free to screenshot it and tag me. Like that gets me so excited knowing that you guys are listening and what you guys think of the episodes. Um, And if you guys are still craving a little bit more um, content, a little bit more inspiration, me and my mother, who's also my business partner, have been working very hard on the Inspired Leadership Show. And so if you are in a position where you are managing people and you wanna be able to overcome some of the self-doubt that comes up when leading people and overcoming some of those communication barriers, the link is in the show notes. Join us for the Inspired Leadership Show. It is a blast and it's filled with different experts all talking on these same topics of communication, productivity, and making a positive impact. So those are all things in the world of Kelsey. And I hope you all have an incredible day. Remember you are brave. There's a queen inside that wants to come out. So let her come out and play. Have a good one, guys.